Welcome to the Hello Dad podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm a soon-to-be dad chronicling the adventures of raising a child in New York City. If you haven't already done so, pop over to hellodad.com forward slash subscribe and enter your email address so you'll be able to receive the latest podcast directly to your inbox. You can also subscribe via iTunes by looking up Hello Dad. Okay, this is it. This is the delivery episode. I'll start by telling you that mom and the baby are doing awesome. We've been through a completely amazing experience and are now blessed with a beautiful baby boy. I'll also tell you that because I'm slightly superstitious, the first few episodes of the show were recorded in advance, but were published after the baby was born. Before we jump straight to him being born, we have to rewind the story by about 24 hours. The story actually starts with me walking out of a new Steve Jobs documentary that I had gone to see at the movie theater. I pulled my phone out of my pocket to see a text from my wife that read, When you're done with the movie, we need to hop on by the hospital to see if my water just broke. Because I felt like I peed myself and the doctor said to come in. If you can, also on your way home, please pick up some Depends for women, silhouette kind, size small, medium. And also, please pick up a bunch of magazines. Because if my water broke, we're staying until we deliver, which will be tomorrow. Upon reading this, it literally felt like my heart was going to jump out of my body. I quickly ran across the street to the drugstore and bought some Depends. That process went pretty quickly, but as you might imagine, it felt like it took forever. I then walked a couple blocks home, and when I walked in our apartment, my wife was completely calm, and we just gathered our hospital bags and were probably out the door within five minutes. And if you're listening to this and have never been through the labor process, it's definitely not like you see in the movies. It's a slow process, and unless something goes very sideways, there's usually not a mad dash to the hospital. And that whole like explosion of water when you're standing in line when the water breaks doesn't really happen like that either. So my wife and I, we were out the door, and we were walking down the street to get a cab. So how does it feel to know that we are walking to get a cab right now, and that we may be going to have a baby? It's crazy. It's totally surreal. But we don't know yet. It, it, I mean, it's crazy that we, like, you think maybe your water broke, but we don't know. So that's what we're going to the hospital to figure out. Yes, that's what we're trying to find out. I've got, like, three bags You've got your purse and food, of course. It's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, and maybe it's nothing. We'll find out. And you, we were just leaving the apartment, and you said it's funny to think that the next time we come back here, we may have a baby. Yeah, that's true. Either we'll be back in, like, an hour or two, or we'll be back in a day or two, and we'll have a kid. A child, sorry. I feel one part confused and one part giddy right now. <sighs> Once we got into a cab, the conversation continued. Did you ever think that right after your water potentially broke or broke, you're sitting at a stoplight? Outside the Met? Outside the Met, or the Lincoln Center, listening to the opera in New York City. No. <laughs> Isn't it a crazy, I mean, I think when I had this thought when I was young or, you know, hell, five years ago, it was, you live in somewhere, America, in your car, and you're like rushing to the hospital. Yeah, I always thought it was supposed to be like really sort of filled with fear slash excitement, but it's pretty chill. After a short New York City ride to the hospital, we were in a receiving room of sorts where they tested to see if my wife's water actually had broken. It turns out that's exactly what had happened, so we were admitted and taken to our delivery room. The room, it's pretty simple. It had her bed, a small recliner-type chair for me to sleep in, a TV, a bathroom, lots of hospital gadgets, and a pretty cool view of Central Park. 
Once we were in our room, this is when it became very clear that the process consists of lots of sitting and waiting. Contractions hadn't yet started, and the doctor wanted to let six hours go by before inducing labor. And that meant it was time to get some sleep, or at least try to do so. It took quite a while for us to fall asleep. You might say that the anxiety of giving birth isn't exactly good for resting, but I think we both eventually fell asleep, and the cool thing is we fell asleep to our baby's heart beating. By around 6 a.m. the following day, contractions had not yet started, so they started the Pitocin drip. This is the magical drug, if you don't know, that kickstarts contractions. Once the drug was started, contractions weren't far behind. They were light at first, but then quickly became very painful. There was no question in the world that my wife was eventually going to get an epidural. So this came about two hours after the first contractions. She had already decided she was going to get it, so there just wasn't any need for her to continue being in such pain. So we pulled the trigger and had the doctor come in and give her the epidural, and here's kind of the behind the scenes of when that was going down. Yeah, I bet it's a weird feeling. It's not horrible. It, and that's what I've heard. That's what I try and tell people. Nobody believes you because the thought of a needle going towards your back obviously is anxiety-provoking, but I've heard it's not awful. It's not awful, <laughs> but also you're very reassuring. The yeah. way that you explain everything is really great. That's a big part of our job. Hours went by. Nurses and doctors changed shifts. It was just a sit-and-wait game that you really had no idea when it was going to be over. During our third visit with a doctor during this day, this is when we learned that my wife still hadn't dilated very much. She was around one centimeter, and this just wasn't a lot of progress. It was actually right about where she was when we arrived to the hospital. At this point, the doctor made a plan that we would reassess around 10 p.m. later that night. That was about six hours later. Given the lack of progress, I started internally thinking that she was definitely going to be having a C-section later that evening or early the following day. At this point, my in-laws had now flown in from out of town and were at the hospital. And given that there was so little progress and a now a pretty large window of time, they and my wife gave me the go-ahead to go home and try to get some rest. I was pretty hesitant at first about leaving because I just didn't want to abandon my wife or our child. But she gave me the green light, so I decided to go home, try to get some rest, and grab a quick shower. I want to pause the story for just a second because I've had a little more time to think about the concept of me leaving the hospital. I actually think it's very important for guys to get a little rest during this period, if at all possible. There's a big game to play, and you need to be alert when that time comes. So if you have a little downtime and you know you can get some rest, you're going to feel a little guilty, but you need to do it because there's going to come a time hours down the road where your wife needs you to be 100%. Granted, when I got home, I laid down and tried to get some rest, but it just wasn't happening. There was so much racing through my mind. So after about an hour of a failed attempt of trying to sleep, I got up and took a shower. Now, when I got out of the shower, I had pretty much made up my mind that I was going to go back to the hospital. And, you know, if nothing else, just being by my wife and listening to the baby's heartbeat, those two factors alone would help me relax. Funny enough, just as I got out of the shower, I saw a text from my father-in-law that indicated that some progress had been made. Evidently, during a round of heavy contractions, the baby's heart rate dropped a bit lower than is to be desired, which prompted an unexpected exam by the doctor. During this exam, let's say it was around 7.50 p.m., it was determined that within around an hour and a half, my wife went from being dilated one centimeter to more than five centimeters. And just to spell it out for you, this means we're in business. At this point, I ran back outside to the street, hopped in a cab, and made my way back to the hospital. 
Now, when I walked in the hospital room, I could tell that my wife was visibly nervous. The realization that a vaginal birth was going to occur was starting to set in and she was understandably very nervous. By around 10 p.m., it was clear that things were moving along very quickly and that we were, in fact, going to have a baby that evening. The doctor was now in and out of the room checking on things. Nurses were getting things set up, and eventually by, we'll call it around 10:15, the doctor was now staying in the room full time. In a relatively short time, the formal pushing began. This is where the push, 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 push starts for around 10 seconds in three round intervals. So basically you push for 10 seconds, you get your breath, and then you do it two more times. Then you pause, wait for the next contraction, and then you do it all over again. And let me tell you, my wife rocked at this. After around five rounds and about 20 minutes time, I could see that the doctor was preparing a number of things and it just looked like the end was very near. And I'm a pretty squirmy guy and had not planned on getting up personal and seeing anything. But during one of the rounds of pushing, the doctor looked at me eye to eye and then he just kind of wait with his finger. He's like saying, come here. And I shook my head, no. And he smiled. He's doing the come here thing with his finger again. So I was like, all right. So I walked over, looked in front of my wife, and you could see the head crowning. I got to be honest, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So if someone's listening to this, don't worry, it's not that bad. So she's pushing, she's pushing, she's pushing. And I got to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect during this whole situation. I didn't know when the kid was going to come. I didn't know what anything was going to look like. But during a late stage round of pushing, there was this massive gush of liquids that sprayed all over the doctor and the nurse that was by his side. This was then followed by another big gush, and then, right before my eyes, there was a baby. Just like that, he came out. I just couldn't believe how quickly this all had transpired, and the, the process of how easily the baby seemed to come out, and the speed at which it happened. It just blew my mind. It still blows my mind. So now we have a baby. And they took a split second, cleaned him off, like, I mean, just bare minimum. And then they put him right on my wife's chest for an hour of uninterrupted skin-to-skin -skin contact, which I got to say, now looking back, is crucial. Shortly after he was put on my wife's chest, keep in mind, this is all happening super quickly. This is when the first strong cry started to happen. <laughs> so we want the baby to try to get all this gook out of... It was all just so freaking amazing. I just couldn't stop staring at this little person. My son. My beautiful little son. Even just thinking about the experience right now has me flustered and mind blown. It's just such an experience to meet your baby for the first time. So now he's born, he's on my wife's chest, and all the behind-the-scenes cleanup took place, and we were getting prepped to move to a different room. Oh, and the room situation. In New York City, it's pretty typical that if you want a private room, you have to run down the hall to reserve a room right after the baby's born. This is due to a low supply of private rooms, and they go pretty quickly. In our private room, it came with a price tag. $1,500. And that's a cost that insurance definitely doesn't cover. But we knew we wanted a private room. We needed our space. We'll fast forward the story just a bit to around 2 a.m. And this is when we made it to our private room. This is also the first time we were left alone with the baby. It was a completely surreal moment, but also just very exciting. Just before we turned the lights down in the room, and he was staying in the room with us that night, we started hearing a little noise come out of the baby. Could it be? Yes, it was indeed. He was hiccuping.
It was the cutest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Hearing that just basically melts my heart, and I could listen to it for days. Babies sleep a lot during the first 24 hours, so we did manage to get around two or three hours of sleep overnight. By around 5 a.m. that morning, he was a hungry boy, so we were back up, and that's when we kicked the party off again. The day was relatively calm, and we had a few visitors, but kept those to a minimum to reduce outside contact with the baby. By later that night, he'd hit the 24-hour mark, and his feeding schedule had quickly ramped up. My wife seemed to be feeding him left and right, and by around 3 a.m., she was just completely exhausted. By this point, when he started to cry, I would just quickly get up out of bed and pick him up and try to soothe him. I would guess that I stood with him in my arms for around two hours overnight. It was a bit exhausting, yet so awesome at the same time. I just kept talking to him, looking at him, and at the same time, just trying to process that we now had a baby. It's all just so crazy. In a great way, of course. By morning, we were now officially in our second and final day at the hospital. There were a handful of medical-related things that needed to transpire before we could leave, but by around 3 p.m., we were ready to make our way home. Before leaving the hospital, I recorded this short clip with my wife. So we're about to hop in a car to go, to go home for the first time with the baby. How's it feel? It's amazing. It's really, it's just crazy, incredible. So two, and he's such a good boy. He's two days ago, boy. you and I were in a, in a cab coming to the hospital. Isn't it hard to believe that now there's this three little guy? Us, three of us leaving from the hospital. I just can't get over. He's got his own personality, and he's very chill. He's not like either of us. Are you? How do you? Are you more calm, less calm than you thought? I feel. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty calm. Yeah, and I think because we had a good breastfeeding session with the lactation consultant, that's made me feel. Is it? Uh, do you have any anxiety around the fact that the nurses and the the people that have been helping won't won't be at our apartment? Well, we'll have some help, so yeah. I feel like we'll have some support. He's pretty cute. He is. He's really cute. Like a cute little old man alien. Now, the story I've shared is obviously a very abridged version of how things went down. Our little family is doing great, and there's plenty of excitement to come. And poopy diapers, too. My name is Ryan. I'm a new dad that pretty much doesn't have much of a model to follow. And I'll be sharing my adventure with you here on the Hello Dad podcast. Before I go, I have one quick favor to ask. Please go to hellodad.com forward slash subscribe and enter your email address. Doing so is going to allow me to send you the latest podcast directly to your inbox. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Oh, and I'll leave you with the sweetest sound I've ever heard. Thanks so much for listening.